Time now for sports on 104.7 The Cave. Here's Ned Reynolds. Mike, the intern, Ned Reynolds in the studio. It's Monday, and the Chiefs got their first L of the season, my guy. What the hell was going on in Indianapolis? That's a really, really good question. Number one, better team didn't win. Let me rephrase that. The better individuals did not win. Kansas City has a better team personnel-wise in Indianapolis, doesn't That's obvious. But the better team yesterday, I don't know, their team didn't show up. And that's number one. But number two, how long, how long is it going to take players to understand that you can't open your mouth on the field? You can't do it. Now, that's really any business. But when you're involved in circumstances like that, where what you say is going to come back to haunt you, come on, guys, grow up. And boy, it did cost them. Now, whether or not that's the final result in victory, well, it was in this case because Chris Jones let a a sack get away from them on a 15-yard unsportsmanlike conduct penalty, and Indianapolis able to go down and score in the final seconds of the game. Oh, gosh, was that costly. But there were other factors involved, too. Kansas City just, i tell you what it was, Mike, they did not play very cohesive football. Now, why that happened, I don't know. There was an incident. You didn't see the game, did you? I listened to the entire thing, and actually, I know what you're about to say about uh, Mahomes and the enemy. Um, I had like several people texting me. They didn't talk about it on the broadcast on the That's air. That's what I was going to yeah, ask. You. They yeah, did no, not. no, because I it did. They I, they kind of mentioned some tension a little bit later, but yeah, I didn't I didn't know anything. I knew that they were hot because of the, towards the end of the first half, but I didn't. They they definitely didn't talk about it. The incident was this. It was in the final seconds of the first half. Mahomes obviously wanted to be very aggressive and gave maybe for a touchdown or maybe for a field goal. And Biennemi had a different philosophy, and they went after each other. Now, Coach Reed finally broke them up a little bit, but you can't have... Well, you can have it, too. There's disagreements involved, but you don't usually air them in public like this. You air them in the locker room if that's going to happen. But that, I think, was indicative of the fact that this team was not playing very well together. Kansas City did play and did have some very good defensive moments. Matty Ice was, Matty Ice was on his ice more, <laughs> more often yeah, than not. Yeah, and thanks but to Sneed. But the Sneed. fact that the matter remained, Sneed had, uh, had some good, good plays as well. And Indianapolis didn't have real great success getting any of the receivers. They only threw for 250, I think, 250 yards, something like that. But Kansas City could not seem to mount any consistent attack. And that was the bothersome factor. Yeah, that is very bothersome. It seems to me, listening to the entire game yesterday, that the Chiefs were not looking at the Colts at all. They were looking in Tampa Bay, that Sunday night game, this coming Sunday night. They weren't paying attention to it, and it cost them a game because they they weren't ready for the Colts. You can you can say that emotionally about a team, but these are pro athletes, and they're supposed to be ready for every single game. Of course, you could carry that over down to Florida too. That maybe the Buccaneers were looking to the Chiefs when they played the Packers. Should have beaten the Packers and did not do so. And what about the Bills? And the well, Buffalo Bills, different story because Miami is very good. That's a nice football team, and they were playing in Miami. Keep in mind now that. Even conditioned to pro athletes, when you go to a different climate, and Miami is a different climate, you're going to run into circumstances in which you get you get uh, 
fatigued very quickly. Yeah. I think the Buffalo Bills were uh, looking at the way that game morphed out. In fact, I kind of thought that would happen. I picked Miami to win it. <laughs> but that's one of the very few that I did get right yesterday. But over and above all of that, there's so many factors to be considered. But it is pro football. And these are pro athletes. They are being paid to play the game. They've all played it. They were all stars in college. So there are going to be circumstances in which an underdog can come away with a victory. How about, uh, you know, I think Arizona has a very good football team, and yet they're not doing anything at all. They're getting blasted, got beaten by the Rams in Phoenix yesterday. There's so many other factors involved. So the, it, the days of having the dominant team, the Green Bay Packers era, the New England Patriots era, I really think they're gone. I don't think we're going to run into that on a consistent basis because the players are so good. Yeah, and also, guys, I know I'm I'm feeling I'm feeling down and out this morning because of yesterday's loss. Carried it over to Monday, but just remember, the Raiders lost and the Chargers lost. But the Broncos did not. But they were already zero and two. So what? They're one and two now. So no, Denver's two and one. They're two and one. Mm. No. They're right up there with Man, the I was feeling better. Now you just kicked me right down to the ground. <laughs> so let's talk about some good news for <laughs> Cardinals Nation. And it's interesting to see it when it happens over the weekend. But Friday night, Albert hit 700, which was awesome to do it. I kind of had a feeling he was going to do it on the West Coast. And uh, has he got that ball back yet? I hope he does, but I, I doubt that he does because he hit the thing may still be in orbit, as a matter of fact. Yeah, he hit that ball. That's number 700. He hit two of them in the game. They were back-to-back, as a matter of fact. Hit 699 and then 700, and that's where he is at the moment, 700. I kind of thought he probably would do it in Pittsburgh. I, I doubt very much he would do it in Milwaukee nor in Los Angeles, but here he is. He, he cracks two of them on Friday night, gets to the 700 mark, and he is one of only, this is really amazing, in history, one of only four players ever to hit 700 or more home runs. And he trails now a fellow by the name of Ruth by 14 home runs. You're going to catch him? No. He won't catch Babe Ruth nor anybody else. But doesn't matter. 700 is that magic number. Albert is the fourth all-time leading home run hitter in history. He was already that when he passed A-Rod. But the fact is, he's got 700 now. That's a hallowed mark in all of baseball. 700 home runs. The 762 by Barry Bonds, it's really interesting. That's the most ever. But people can... Yeah, Barry Bonds. Hank Aaron, 755. There's the real man who did it. And then you have uh, Babe Ruth. And now you have Albert Pujols, all of whom, other than the leading one, did it the right way. Yeah. Uh, the other thing about it is I read an interesting stat that night. He had, what, 500 against right-handers and 200 against left-handers, even. That Now, that, oh, I don't know that side I, I, at all. I read it. I may have been drinking, but I read that, and I go, man, if that's true, to have it even against pitchers like that is just unbelievable. <laughs> ba- that's one of the cool things about baseball, man, is the numbers. They always just work out for some reason. But in addition to that, Cardinals were able to find their bats over the weekend and got some good wins. In, didn't they? in one game, the one in Albert hit the home runs they were at, and they won 11 to nothing. But then they lost the next two, lost on Saturday and lost on Sunday. Now, it doesn't make any difference. They're going to win the division anyway. Go to Milwaukee tomorrow night, Tuesday night, and Wednesday night, and that, therein they may clinch it right there, which would be fine. And then they have the six remaining games with the Pittsburgh Pirates, which three of which are in St. Louis will be the final games for Albert and for Yachty, and who knows, maybe for Adam Wainwright. He has not pitched very well. Pitched yesterday, 
got lit up for uh, four runs and six hits and three innings. Think and he's getting gassed. You think he's getting gassed? I think that has something to do with it. He's 41 years old. He can still throw that big Uncle Charlie curveball and fool some batters, but can he do it for an entire season? And I'm beginning to wonder, and can he do it in the playoffs? Yeah, they up? need to sit him, let him sit and rest, get, get a little R&R before the postseason because we're definitely going to need him. He's part of the reason we're in, even in the conversation, in my, in my opinion. What about the Royals? <laughs> I laugh because playing Seattle yesterday in Kansas City, and they had a few people there to watch the game. Seattle scores eight runs in the fourth inning, an eight-run explosion. They're way ahead. No no contest. Royals score 11 runs in the sixth inning. Wow. Win the game 13-12. to 12. Almost more scoring in that game than there was in the Chiefs. Yeah, I don't want to. Like, come on. I thought we weren't going to talk about that, Ned. All right? Come on. All right. Since you brought it up, though, uh, another de- letdown. Uh, at least for me, was that uh, Missouri State game. I really thought they had that thing, at least possibility of winning on Saturday. Oh, well, I've stood down there on the sidelines, and it, which is where I always do, where the teams, the end, the visiting team comes in. It's on the south end on the visitor's side. Just get a better perspective down there of the game. Boy, when South Dakota State came out there and those horses came, they weren't horses, they were pachyderms coming out of there. They were huge. They were really, really Sounds like you got a little people. scared. Well, I had to, had to back off a little yeah, bit. It took about three steps to the left. And I thought, uh-oh, we we're playing some size down here. Yeah. Oh, boy, they were big. They were physical. And I hate to say this, but they were the better team on Saturday. They deserved to win it. Their game plan, especially on defense, mm-hmm. was nothing short of outstanding. Here is Jason Shelley, who is a fine quarterback. He's under siege. Oh, when. He got sacked on one play in which he got hit blindsided. How he held the ball, I'll never tell you, because here comes this big behemoth who must have gone about 290 or 300 and hits him flat and flattens him right on the turf. This was late in the game when the Bears were trying to drive. I thought, oh, my God, I hope you get up. I hope you're alive, number one. <laughs> it almost killed him. Seeing that hit almost killed Ned. <laughs> they, were a, they were a very big and physical team, and they are deserving of the national ranking they have, which is number two. I think the Bears are also deserving in that, of the national ranking. I think the Bears are a pretty good team, yeah. and I think they make the playoffs. But you've got to concentrate now and go to North Dakota next week and win a game. Yeah, I definitely have to win up there. Uh, and we might see those guys again later on down the road. You never know. All right, we talked about uh, Al's big seven hundo, but what about the judge? Did he pull it off over the weekend? The judge is still where he had been. Wow. He's in a bit of a homer drought right now. He has 60 home runs. He's waiting to tie Roger Maris with his next one and then break Roger Maris with the next one after that. Uh, will that happen? Yes, I do think it will. I have predicted the judge would end up with uh, 64 home runs for the year. We'll see what happens. They have game. They have a game coming up tonight. They've been playing the Boston Red Sox. And this is interesting too, Mike, because I projected the other day when somebody said, "Are they, are these pitchers going to throw to these batters, knowing what they have?" I said, "Oh yeah, they're they're professionals. They play the game with a professional aspect." Aaron Judge walked three times against the Boston Red Sox the other day. <laughs> they're not pitching to him no, at all. No, <laughs> they're not. All right. Well, speaking of which, that's all the time we've gotten, Ed. I'll see you tomorrow.